You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. So, we're going to be looking at healing this morning. Let me just wish you Happy Father's Day. Uh, if you're a dad here, uh, it's not an easy task and you do an amazing job. So, Happy Father's Day uh, to you all. Uh, if we haven't met, my name's Tom, by the way. I should have introduced myself. I'm one of the leaders here. Okay, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10, if you have a Bible with you. And uh, we're going to be looking at a time where Jesus commands his uh, followers to go into the region around them uh, to go and heal the sick. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at this story very briefly. I'm going to pull out three things that this story teaches us. Then I'm going to ask three questions about healing. And then we're going to be hearing from a member of this church who uh, is seeing God do some remarkable things in their workplace and beyond in this way. And then we're just going to respond to God together. We're going to worship him and we're going to, we're going to pray. That's what we're going to do this morning. This could be the shortest preach ever. Are you up for that? Yes, you are. Okay, let's pick up the story in Luke chapter 10 verses 8 to 11. So Jesus has gathered 72 of his followers together, and he's commissioned them to go into the region around them. He's told them the harvest is plentiful, and he says this in verse chapter 8, Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into the streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we will wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. So these 72 people, they go out into the region around, and they have a debrief with Jesus. We're going to pick up the story in verse 17. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Okay, three quick things that this story teaches us. The first is this, that it was not Jesus' divinity that enabled him to heal people. Now, if you didn't know this story, whereby Jesus sends his followers out to go and heal the sick, or if you didn't know much about the Bible and the book of Acts, where his followers, uh, went, wherever they went, they preached the gospel, and they saw people were healed and set free. If you didn't know those stories, you might be forgiven for thinking, well, of course Jesus could heal people because he's the son of God. And that's, like, that's something that God does. And you might be forgiven for thinking that. It's just Jesus, because he's divine, that he's able to do these things. But we see uh, in the scriptures, Jesus calls us to emulate him. And if he was simply superhuman, then to be honest, we don't really have to take those uh, commands very seriously. A guy called uh, William Barry says this, if Jesus is superhuman, then I can admire him, but I do not have to take seriously his call to emulate him. Jesus was simultaneously fully God and fully human. It's right to say that he wasn't just merely human. Of course, uh, he was different to us by virtue of the fact that he was also fully God. 
But there are some aspects, there were some aspects of his divinity that he chose not to take up in his incarnation. That's quite a few religious words there. In other words, in coming to earth as a man, Jesus uh, did not access some rights, some powers that were rightfully his because he's God. If you think I might be making this up, let's turn to uh, Philippians chapter 2. And uh, this is what the Apostle Paul uh, says to the church in Philippi. He's urging the church to emulate Jesus. And he says this in uh, verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So Jesus emptied himself of some things. That means uh, he he didn't cease to be divine. We We must be clear about that. When he came to earth, he didn't cease to be divine. But he didn't access some of the rights of his divinity that he could have accessed. And this means that in Jesus's life, he was predominantly dependent on his Father and on the Holy Spirit to do all that he did. He was dependent on the Father and the Spirit to preach and to teach the amazing things that he taught. He was dependent on uh, the, Ho- the Father and the Holy Spirit to resist temptation to sin. You know, if Jesus was superhuman, then really, to be honest, when we, when we see that Jesus was, was tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin, well, we, it's not really that great news for us, is it? Because we think, well, of course he's not going to uh, give way to temptation because he's God. But actually, he was dependent upon his Father and upon the Holy Spirit to do all the things that he did. To perform the healing miracles that uh, we read of in the Gospels. Now, there are a few occasions I would suggest, and this is why I say he was predominantly dependent on the Father and the Spirit. Because there were a few occasions, I would suggest, where his divinity just shines forth. So there's the, the chapter before Luke chapter 10. Jesus goes up a mountain with his mates, Peter, James, and John, and they see him shining in all of his dazzling glory. Uh, They're seeing his divinity on display there. There's a time when Jesus uh, rebukes the sea. That's something only God can do. He rebukes the sea. There's a time where he's arrested, and the Roman soldiers just want to clarify they're getting the right guy. Are you Jesus? I am. He's basically saying, Yahweh. That would have been kind of what they would have uh, gleaned from that, and they all fall to the floor. He, he, there was times when his divinity shone forth. But predominantly, he was dependent upon the Holy Spirit. We see this again and again in uh, the book of Luke, but we also see it in Acts chapter 10, where it says this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So we see that the vast, vast majority of the time, Jesus was operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is really important for us. You might think, how have I taken this from this story and why on earth does it matter for us? It matters for us because the second thing I want to take from this story and want to uh, teach us this morning is that we can expect healing miracles to happen today through us because the same Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus is upon us as his followers. And the same authority that he has given to the 72 uh, in this story, he has given to his followers now to see 
uh, sicknesses uh, healed to see uh, evil spirits cast out. These disciples saw incredible things. And in the book of Acts, we see the early church operating in signs and wonders, seeing people regularly healed and set free from stuff. And I see no reason to believe, I see nothing in the scriptures that tells me, and it gives me any reason to believe that it is any different for us today. The, uh, the verses in 1 Corinthians 13 that get read out at weddings, that love is patient, love is kind, and so on, it ends with this phrase, love never fails. And it normally kind of ends with that in the wedding ceremony. Uh, but after that, it says, as for prophecy, as for uh, all kinds of different miracles, these things are going to cease. Those, there will come a time when those things will no longer happen, but they will no longer happen when the perfect comes. When Jesus returns, when we see him face to face. I see no uh, reason to believe that that time has come. <laughs> the perfect has not come yet. We don't see Jesus face to face right now. And so we believe that these miracles that we read of are for us to, ex- to expect these things today. And in John chapter 14, he is about to speak about the Holy Spirit who his father is going to send. And he says this in John chapter 14 and verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do. Why? Because I'm going to the Father. And when you hear that kind of language in the New Testament, I'm going to the Father, this means that the Holy Spirit is going to come. Because when Jesus ascended to be with his Father, they poured out the Holy Spirit upon uh, God's people. And so Jesus is saying, greater things than me you're going to do because I'm going to the Father. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And it meant that signs and wonders would accompany the message that the disciples would bring to the ends of the earth. What was the message? It was the message of the kingdom of God. This was the message that these disciples had in Luke chapter 10. The kingdom of God is near. That's our message, friends. It hasn't changed. The message is that the kingdom of God has come near. That this king who was seated in all glory and majesty came to earth, humbled himself, who took the form of a servant. He served people throughout his life and then ultimately served us through his death but did not remain in the grave. He rose again victorious, defeating uh, death, defeating it, defeating death. And now he's seated on high, ruling and reigning all things. And his kingdom is expanding on earth. It's growing on earth. More and more people are coming to see the kingship of Jesus. That's the message. And so we can expect healing miracles today because the kingdom of light is advancing and it's pushing back the kingdom of darkness. And such miracles demonstrate the reality that Jesus is the all-powerful king. And these miracles, they, they either authenticate our message, so we might preach and then see miracles after it, and it gives credence to, those me- to that message, or it makes way for the message. Miracles can make way for the message. People see something, oh, I've never seen someone get healed before. Okay, what, what's going on here? And then we have an opportunity to share about King Jesus. So that is why we can expect miracles today. The third thing that this teaches me is that it's not just celebrity Christians who get in on this. Now, Christian TV has got a lot to answer for. It really has. I would encourage you not to watch it because 80% of it is complete dross. It really is. I've I've seen a lot of Christian... I've I've, I've seen it and there's a lot of dross out there. It really is. 
you have to sit and watch it for several hours before you're going to come across something half decent. And it, it kind of has done some damage, really, because we might think, well, I don't, I'm not famous like them. They, of course they see miracles because they're special and anointed, and I can't do the things that they do because they're special. These 72 people were not named. Well, they had, they had names, but they were not named in this passage. 12 of, them, 12 of them might have been the 12 disciples that we know of, but at least 60 of them we know nothing about. They're not famous people. It is a scheme of the enemy that would seek us to think, well, we are, we're not special. We're not, I'm not a leader, or I'm not, I haven't got a title, I haven't got a ministry, and therefore I can't expect to see these things happen through my life. That's the scheme of the enemy. He would want us to believe those things because then we're rendered ineffective because we think, well, it can't happen through me. As we've heard already uh, this morning, and as we're going to hear a little bit later on, God is doing remarkable things through ordinary people like you and I. He's doing remarkable things, and we are expectant that he will do this more and more. Okay, shortest preach ever. Now, I'm tricking you a little bit, because now I'm going to ask some questions about healing, which probably is part of a preach. Okay, why don't all people get healed straight away? I believe it comes down to the fact that God's kingdom, whilst it has arrived on earth, it has not yet fully come and will not fully come until the second coming of Jesus. Jesus is coming again. We believe that. It's a sure and certain hope that we have. Jesus is coming again. And the Apostle John, in the uh, book of Revelation, he saw that it was only after Jesus' second coming that the angels would fully proclaim this in Revelation chapter 11. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he saw that it was only after the second coming that the old order of things would be ended and sickness would become a distant memory rather than a daily reality. So until that day, until Jesus returns, there is going to be sickness and suffering on this planet. Because the kingdom of God is uh, here, but it's not here yet in its fullness. So when the kingdom of God... uh, when When Jesus came to earth, the kingdom of God uh, arrived. We see here he's commanding his disciples to tell those around the kingdom of God is near. And yet it has not come yet in its fullness. There remains evil and brokenness and sickness. But the kingdom of God is expanding and it will come in its fullness when Jesus returns. And often the fullness of that future kingdom, that future reality breaks out into the present through God's sovereign mercy upon us. He uh, gives us glimpses of the future reality through healings today. And we are called to pray for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. We're called to pray that future reality to be experienced more and more today. Are you with me? Do you understand this? Now, I phrase this question deliberately uh, for a couple of reasons. Why don't all people get healed straight away? Firstly, because sometimes we need to be persistent in prayer. God would have us persist in prayer for things sometimes. Sometimes he answers us straight away. Sometimes we have to persist for some time. Jesus even saw this in Mark chapter 8. He lays his hands on a blind man and uh, the, the, the blind man, he gets partially healed and he's kind of walking around saying, yeah, I can see some people, but they look a little bit like trees. 
And so Jesus lays his hands on him again, and then his sight is completely restored. Sometimes that's how it works. Sometimes we need to persist in prayer. And listen, this is a little bit of a tip, I guess. When you pray for someone to be healed, I would encourage you to, to ask that person, have you noticed any difference? That's a good thing to pray. It's a good thing to say, rather. Say, well, have you noticed any difference? Do you need to test something out here? Is it an elbow? Is it an arm? What's, what's going on? Can you test it out? If that person tests it out and there isn't an immediate healing, it's okay to say, hey, let's pray again. Let's pray again, because this is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus did. The second reason I phrased the question like this is that ultimately, for those of us who are in Christ, and that is many of us here, we will all ultimately be healed. We will. Andrew Wilson, who's a pastor within our family of churches, our wider family of churches, New Frontiers, he um, has got two uh, severely autistic children. And he and his wife, Rachel, have written an amazing uh, book called The Life You Never Expected, Thriving Whilst Parenting Special Needs Children. I don't have children who've got special needs, but this has been such a helpful book for me, personally, about dealing with suffering, dealing with disappointment, and at the same time, trusting God for healing. This is a really, really good book. Get, get a hold of this book. Uh, you really need to read it. And they speak about uh, four uh, types of healing. And this is what Andrew Wilson says of the fourth type of healing, which is ultimately healing in eternity. A trumpet sounds, and the dead are raised in a flash. In the twinkling of an eye, never to perish again. Physical bodies become incorruptible, spiritual, glorious, powerful. No sickness or affliction will ever befall them again. Cholera and cancer are consigned to the cosmic skip for all eternity. Maybe you want to just close your eyes as you think about this. This goes on. Operating theatres, doctors, ambulances and health secretaries become a thing of the past. Nobody cries except with joy. Nobody grieves. The sterile smell of the emergency department corridor is no more. The octogenarians who sit walnut-faced under blankets in wheelchairs in hospital reception areas are given a new life and a new youth that will never again be stolen by the long march of time. Every deaf ear is unblocked. Every damaged limb is made whole. Every blind eye sees. Autism and Down syndrome and schizophrenia and Alzheimer's are swallowed up in victory. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. We, if we know Jesus, if we know him, if we know him as our Lord and as our Savior, we are headed for healing. We are headed for the ultimate healing. We're headed for perfection. So, Whilst it may not be the case that all of us receive instantaneous healing in this life when we're prayed for, we are headed for healing in eternity. Second question on healing. Isn't healing guaranteed through the cross? Now, many of you will have heard this taught. Uh, the proof text for this kind of um, teaching is Isaiah uh, 53 and verse 5. Now, Isaiah 53 speaks about a suffering servant who would come and uh, ultimately lay down his life for the salvation of the world. And in verse, 30, in verse 5 of chapter 53, it says this, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. 
Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. That's often what people quote. They say, by his wounds, we are healed. Now, the Apostle Peter quotes these verses in his epistle. And the context uh, by which uh, he quotes these verses is very clear. That this is speaking about our uh, forgiveness and restoration of relationship with God. It's not speaking about physical healing being guaranteed by what Jesus did on the cross. He's speaking here about how God, through Christ, has brought us into relationship with him. So we do not hold that all will be healed and that it's God's will that we're all happy, healthy, and wealthy. That is, to quote a floppy-haired president, fake news. Please, can I appeal to you to be discerning when it comes to what you watch or hear Uh, online. Ask yourself, well, that might sound good, but is it biblical? Because it sounds good, doesn't it? God wants me to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. Wow, that sounds amazing. Is it biblical? It is not biblical. There's so much stuff out there. And the notion that physical healing is guaranteed to us through the work of Jesus on the cross, um, and that we're already healed already, and that we just need to believe enough that that's a reality, and then we'll experience healing. That actually leads to people living in a sense of guilt and shame, because if they don't receive immediate healing, they might think, well, I just didn't have enough faith. I didn't believe enough. And many of you will have heard this taught. Many of you will have heard this taught. You're already healed. You just need to believe enough in that reality, uh, and you know, it's a right for you that you are healed. I don't believe the scripture teaches this. One preacher who's a big uh, proponent of this, um, what I would call a prosperity gospel, he says, I don't care how old you are, it's God's will to take us home healed, well, whole and delivered. This is a man who has millions of followers and hundreds of millions of dollars. It's God's will to take you home healed, well, whole and delivered. I don't know how that is compatible with uh, 2 Corinthians 4, which says our bodies are wasting away. I don't know how it's compatible with the fact that Paul and some of his associates uh, were sick and didn't receive immediate healing. It does damage to the reputation of the gospel, especially when uh, people get very rich from this kind of uh, teaching. And there are people out there who get very, very rich from this kind of teaching and uh, urge their churches to pay for private jets for them. It doesn't accommodate Paul's teaching in Galatians chapter 4 that God sometimes uses sickness for good or uh, teaching elsewhere that we must go through uh, many sufferings to enter the kingdom of God. Physical healing is not guaranteed to us through Jesus' work on the cross. Our forgiveness and redemption and right standing is guaranteed through Jesus' work on the cross. And that's why we can rejoice, friends, that our name is written in heaven, because that's what Jesus' work on the cross guarantees for us. Now, I felt it was right to touch upon that, because some of you are living with this sense of, I have been dealing with sickness for some time, and I think, really, it's because I haven't got enough faith. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. But whilst there are excesses and wrong emphasis out there, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We don't say, well, you know, because there's people maybe getting some things wrong on this that we don't believe in healing for today. No, we absolutely do. We have reason to believe that God is willing to heal many. And we've heard testimonies this morning that he has healed people. And we believe that he will heal people today as we pray in a little while. 
Last question. Why do some see more healing than others? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about various different types of gifts. And uh, he talks about gifts of healings. These words, both of these words are in plural, which doesn't seem to kind of read very well for our, uh, for our English-speaking mindsets, gifts of healings. What I believe this means is that there are different measures of gifting when it comes to healing. Some will be really prolific with regards to seeing lots of people healed, and some will see some healed. Just as some are evangelists and regularly see many uh, people come to know Jesus But all of us are called to be witnesses. All of us are called to witness to what Jesus has done in our lives. So healing miracles, they uh, may happen more uh, often for others than they do uh, for us. But we are simply called to be obedient, to take compassion, the compassion of Jesus with us wherever we go, and to offer healing uh, prayer when the opportunity arises. I recall about 12 years ago uh, at university in my halls of residence, I um, saw one of my flatmates crying in the kitchen and I said to them, what's wrong? And, uh, and they, t- they explained to me that their dad had a tumor in his brain and it was looking pretty dire. And listen, I did not have much expectation for healing because my auntie had died a few weeks before that of cancer and we'd been praying at a young age and we'd been praying for her for some time. And I just said to my friend, listen, you know I'm a Christian, I'll, I'll pray for your dad. And all I did was go back to my room and I probably pray. I didn't, it wasn't an all-nighter. I didn't pull an all-nighter on this one. It's, you know, there's uh, value in that. But I, I, I just prayed, God, you know, would you heal Rachel's dad? And uh, I, I kind of forgot about it, actually. And a few days later, she came bounding up to me and said, did you pray for my dad? And I said, yeah, I did. And she said, they did a scan and they cannot find this tumor anywhere. Oh, wow, that's amazing. And we, we kept tabs on it over the years. I've asked her a few times, what's happening with your dad? Is he, you know, and at least as, uh, up until a few years ago, he's still alive. Um, so I wasn't expecting much there because I just prayed for someone and they hadn't been healed. God is sovereign. He knows what he's doing. A few months ago, I was with um, one of the other elders here and we were out having a coffee. And I spoke to the lady at the um, at the, the till and she could barely speak and I, I, I said what's wrong with your voice <laughs> it's not very sensitive really I said what's wrong with your voice and she, she explained that in the cold weather often her, her um, voice would go very weak and she'd lose it and I said oh I'm a, I'm a Christian and, and so is my friend here and we'll, we'll pray for you now I wasn't bold enough or courageous enough to say can we pray for you right now I didn't lean over the till and lay hands on her but we walked away from there and we prayed as we walked back for a few minutes I don't know what happened with her Maybe I should go back there. Maybe you should pray for me for the courage to go back there and say, how's your voice? Listen, sometimes we don't feel very courageous, but we just step out in obedience to God and say, how can I pray for you? Okay, in the time we have left, we're just going to be hearing from uh, someone. So uh, do you want to come on up? Um, this, is, this is Mario, and uh, we're just going to ask Mario a few questions now uh, about uh, healing. So Mario, can you tell us, where you're from, and how long you've been a part of Hope Church. Uh, hello, my name is Mario. Uh, I'm here three and a half years, and uh, I'm very enjoyed. Um, and as well, actually, it's almost four years uh, what I was baptized, and half years later, 
I, I start pray, uh, pray for people, for healing. And if I would, or if I will start speaking about the whole stories, we will be here <laughs> till tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, that's about me. Great. So can you just tell us a little bit about what life was like before you came to know Jesus? Of course, it was, uh, I think, very dirty. <laughs> and um, I had feeling that I'm dying. Therefore, uh, I was very sensible for questions about God, about faith. Uh, I was all the time sick. Every second month, I had temperature, you know, high fever, which I'm clear now from that. And I was really feeling that I am going to die. <laughs> wow. you know? and, and someone reached out to you from what you said to me. Someone said... Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my friend, really uh, good friend, he just asked me if I am a believer, actually. And I said, yeah, I believe in the God, yeah. And uh, he asked me uh, if I did read the Bible, and I said, never. Then after one and a half years uh, later, I just have a feeling like big pressure in my soul, inside me. So I decided, okay, I'm going to uh, read the Bible. And when I started read, I just, you know, call him and I ask him, What's happened, my brother? Always when I'm reading the Bible, I'm crying, <laughs> you know. And he said, that's good, that the Holy Spirit working on you, just carry on, just carry on. And then, after a few months, I get baptized. So, you know, my life starts really change. I start speaking to my wife, which it was funny time as well, because my wife asked me, okay, okay, uh, everything is fine with, uh, with your reading, but uh, please, don't be like uh, too much religions, you know, like fanatic, you know. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, so don't worry, don't worry. Just try you uh, search about that and try find your uh, kind of truth, you know. And she started, and then one month after me, she baptized as well. So, and we are a whole family now. Uh, just one son. We're still waiting. Uh, we give him time. And uh, I believe that, you know, God, all of us will use for his kingdom. So, Fantastic. And so the reason I've asked Mary to come and share with us this morning is that um, God is using you, really, to, in, the, in the way of healing. Um, can you tell us... Why did you start to pray for people to be healed? That's a very important question because uh, I was really fanatic when I started reading Bible. <laughs> and I, I was study and listen, you know, so many preachers worldwide, you know. And about 12 hours daily I was in the, in the Word of God. And... I just start to have a feeling like, okay, I reading, I searching, I really desire for 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 Lord, but I do nothing. So I just decide, okay, I I just go and pray. And you know, most of the time of my life is work. So <laughs> uh, I start to pray for people uh, in the work. Here is, I think, some people which I was prayed <laughs> at the work. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so I just said to myself that, 
Okay. It's time. And you can make imagine how I was uh, looking when uh, I have seen, for example, like Dosi. She's not here. Ah, Dosi is here. <laughs> when I was praying for you, remember when you had problem with hip? Then I was just, you know, because it's, it starts happen, you know. It's, and then I just went to other people, to, you know, to my friends, and it was really amazing. Not just therefore that God is there and God is healer, but I was so, so happy that he used me. You know, so I encourage everyone, just do that. Because if I, if I will just look on the, that bottle and I am really thirsty, for example, and I will not open and I will not drink, my thirsty will be, you know, I will be always thirsty. So we need to do that step because in the Bible is that when we will do, do steps, God will do steps to us. So, amen. Brilliant. Can you just um, tell us your favorite healing story? What's your, what, yeah, that'd be great. Um, there is many, like I said. Um, I think I will... It was with Dosi as well. It was with other colleague which had uh, eczema whole her life, and it was really quick. You know, a few hours there was there was even just like red uh, or pink place. You know, sometimes it was, for example, I pray for one lady three weeks. You know, first week, second. Every time when I have seen you, come on, can we pray? Yes, can we pray? Okay, we just pray, you know. And it, after three weeks, it's, it starts. But I think the, for me, was the, the most nice or powerful for me was with my daughter. Because my daughter, Veronica, she will be on the second uh, service. Uh, she had eczema whole, whole life. And um, I was about... Like I said, half years, uh, half year I was baptized and when I start. So I was pray for her here in the Sunday. Then we came home afternoon. I, I pray at home for her as well. And next day morning, um, afternoon, immediately when she came to, to our house, just closed the door and ran to me and came to me like that. Look! <laughs> and there was... Absolutely nothing, just really, really uh, pink, pink, pink color. And next day, totally, 100%, 100%. And for this time, she is absolutely clear from, from that. So, Fantastic. I, I really wanted you to, to hear from Mary. I spent... Uh, Wednesday night with uh, Thursday night with Mario and heard so so many stories and one of my favorites is the fact that Augusta and her whole family come here now um, because she went into work one day very with a very very bad back her boss said well why don't you go and see Mario because he prayed for me the other day and I got healed and and as a result you and your whole family come to our church now so this is remarkable and um, this is for all of us this isn't just for Mario it's not you and we can just be humbly obedient to God and trust in him for this so uh, can we stand together? I'm going to invite the band to come and uh, lead us in a, in a song. Which I just want to um, urge us as we, as we come to a close, you know, what are our next steps here? It might be that you 
this week, when you get asked, how was your weekend, you could say, I was at church on Sunday and I heard about some amazing healings. And, you know, is there anything I can pray for for you? It might not be if you even get that far, but you just share the testimony. It might be that you've got something in uh, your own life, a testimony of God's amazing power, and you could just say, this is what God's doing uh, in my life at the moment. Uh, It might be that when someone this week is presented with, you know, presents you with some sort of ailment or sickness, you could say, listen, I'm a Christian, can I pray for you? And you might pray for them then and there, or you might pray for them uh, later with some friends or on your own. But what are, what are the next steps for us here? What are the next steps for us here? And whatever um, happens when we pray, we have reason to rejoice. Jesus makes that very clear to his, to his disciples. Don't rejoice because the, you know, the spirits get cast out when you pray for people or that people get healed when you pray for them. But rejoice that your name is written in heaven. We have reason to rejoice. We have reason to rejoice. And some of you here, you have persistently asked for prayer um, uh, for, for healing. And we'd love to pray with you again and seek God for your healing. We really would love to do that. Um, but you have reason to rejoice. You really do. If you know Jesus, you have reason to rejoice. And, I, and, and as well as praying for your healing, I want to be praying that you will know the joy of God, that he has, your name is written in heaven. And that's really, really good news. So I want to pray for us, and then I think my friend Emma might have one or two um, words of knowledge that God's laid on her heart um, that we'll share. And then we're just going to sing, and there'll be a prayer team, heads up to prayer team. We're going to get praying. Mario, you're going to come and join us today as well. We'd love to pray with you. So let's just pray together. Father, we just want to say at the outset of um, this time, and we're going to pray now, that you would just come and uh, move amongst us by your Holy Spirit. Would you come and just presence yourself with us in a really tangible way. Thank you that you're here already. I pray that we would know your presence with us. We'd know it. I want to pray, Father, that you would do wonderful things amongst us this morning. I pray you'd grant us boldness. I pray just like the church in Acts chapter 4, that you would, you would grant us boldness to see signs and wonders performed uh, through our lives, Lord, in the, in, the name of, in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for more and more testimonies of healing in the months to come. We have reason to believe uh, that uh, healings will happen because your kingdom is advancing, Lord. Your kingdom is advancing, and we trust you. Lord, would you work through us? Would you move through us, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way. 